You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello there and welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. We are a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network, uh, so feel free to check those fine folks out. Uh, And if that's how you found us, welcome. We're certainly glad to have you here. Uh, We are also sponsored by the folks over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for them. We're going to hear from them with a message to uh, and, and, a, and a special promo code for our newer uh, users um, of DraftKings later on in the show. Um, but first, let's make some introductions here at the Press Zone. My name is Amy Johnson. I am your host, as well as the lead correspondent at the AHL Report. Uh, and I'm joined each and every week in the studio by my tremendous co-host. He wears a lot of hats. He's our founder. He's our president. He's our editor-in-chief across all of our Rocket Sports Media publications. Uh, And he's back again here for episode 240 of The Press Zone. And he's Rick Stevens. How are you doing today? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Just three times for emphasis? I'm saying good afternoon to our Canadian listeners, our American Uh listeners, and our worldwide listeners. Wow. I didn't really have a reason, but I just made one up. So not to me. Well, and and a special good afternoon to you. You're not living in the U.S. anymore? It was all, well, you're not a listener. I'm not a listener. Don't you listen? Don't you listen back to the podcast after you record it? I'm going to move along now. All right. Um, but as a, spe- a, a special good afternoon. Yes. Hope everybody's doing well after uh, snow and ice mageddon um, really impacted yeah, the east, yeah. um, eastern Canada, eastern United States. Um, For sure. And uh, lots and lots and lots of, lots, so much snow in Toronto that uh, TSN couldn't get its technicians into the studio to broadcast the Canadians game last night. So we had to rely on the Arizona feed, which is a bit unusual. Well, it was uh, it was an all female broadcast. It was uh, Leah Hextall. It was Cassie Campbell. It was uh, Linda Cohn between the benches. Um, and there were there were there were ups and downs. There were pros and cons about about the broadcast. I will, I will leave it at that. Um, but yeah, it was. I think it was probably more interesting. You know, in the U.S., we're a little more accustomed to to uh, some of those personalities. I think that was. You know, uh, TSN ended up simulcasting Arizona's um, 
coverage. So Canadian hands, Habs viewers um, got that feed as well, which I'm sure was a bit different for them. But at least they were able to do that so that it wasn't just, oh, well, none of you in Canada get to watch the Canadians game. <laughs> but so far, what I've seen, um, as far as the changeover in the new uh, U.S. broadcast uh, contract uh, with ESPN, with um, um, the Turner folks, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and Hulu and, and, and others, I think it's been pretty successful. I think it has been, too. ESPN Plus has been tremendous, um, like way tremendous. Like I didn't even order NHL center ice from my cable provider this year because there was no point in doing so. Um, in fact, as it, as it worked out, I had already, I was already an ESPN plus subscriber because of a bundle that I have with like Disney plus and Hulu and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't even have to shell out any additional money this year for my full NHL out of market package which is pretty tremendous. Like, that's really tremendous. And if you're looking for something quite different, certainly different than the Canadians broadcast, the other night, the 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 guys of the panel going out, not, and this on is- On TNT. Uh, on TNT, this yeah. isn't ESPN, uh, going out and uh, attempting to break a stick. Um, that was after the Rick Bonus incident. Uh, it was hilarious. It was- Liam McGuire and Paul B. Sinet and um, talk- Talk, talk Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett. Yep, and Carter Ranson. Right. Um, it was hilarious. It was the four of them, and when Gretzky's on the panel as well, at, throw him in there as well, have been the best surprise for me, uh, their chemistry this season. Um, Liam McGuire, 80 times better with this group than he ever was on NBC. And he was on the he was on the coverage with NBC on NBC with Keith Jones and Catherine Tappan and those guys on NHL and NBC all the time. Liam McGuire comes across much more relaxed and relatable on the TNT panel. Tockett is is very funny. Bissonette is I mean I I like Paul Bissonette's Twitter personality and his spit and chicklets personality as it is. He has to pull that back a little bit, obviously, to be on cable television, but. I was I thought he was just going to be a big goofball, but he's uh, he is a giant goofball. But in a like I don't know, like in a really entertaining way for uh, for in studio analysis and his chemistry with Wayne Gretzky, completely out of left field and like it's like must see TV every time they're on together. Well, it seems like they've really connected with fans. Fans yeah. uh, tweeting about it during uh, during their broadcasts and and um, quite a success so far. Loving it so. I mean, no, it's still not, you know, your TSN coverage on, um, you know, draft day and 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 those types of things and on free agency and trade deadline and all those types of things. Uh, the U.S. still has some some growth as far as hockey coverage and those aspects. But it's really nice to see some um, positive upward movement in television coverage for hockey um, here in the States. Um so sorry, we I, I took was, you on a, a bit of a side trip there. It, right. It's a huge news day, off off ice news day, um, in hockey. But that was that was a I I think it was an interesting discussion. It well it was, and it 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 became very relevant with Montreal's game uh, in Arizona mm-hmm. last night because right. because of the situation with TSN. So um, there is a little bit of uh, Canadians news to talk about today. Um, <laughs> in case you. 
haven't opened social media at all. Uh, In the first segment, we are just going to tackle uh, news about the Canadians and their announcement of who has been hired as the next general manager, the 18th general manager of the franchise. We're going to Uh, Rick and I are going to explain the details about that. We're going to react to that. We're going to give you our insight and thoughts on it, as well as some other um, potential NHL news that's about to uh, come out likely this week as well. Uh, In the second segment, then, we're going to focus on the Laval Rocket. They got back to game action last week with three games. We'll let you know how those went, Uh, get you up to speed on what their roster is starting to look like uh, now that there's been a lot of movement back and forth and an injury update, uh, and give you a preview of this week's games ahead for the Laval Rocket. And then finally, in the third segment, just a bit of AHL news. Uh, We're going to talk about Eric Stahl playing hockey again and where he is doing that. Hmm, Why is that in the AHL news segment? Well, you have to stick around to find out uh, and uh, get you up to speed on all of the great content that we've got coming out at AHLreport.com all week this week. So bright and early this morning, I guess not too bright and early for some people bright and early um you know early morning today the canadians finally had an answer the answer we've all been waiting for ever since mark bergevin was shown the door uh a couple of months ago new general manager kent hughes um and it's funny rick you know of course it was it was it it really seemed to be down to the oh it's between darsh and briere it's between darsh and briere um and then Kent Hughes kind of his name was mentioned a number of weeks ago, and it I remember it, that was even I think on a, a Hockey Night in Canada broadcast. Elliot Friedman needed to talk about it. Like suddenly Kent Hughes' name had popped up, and then you didn't hear much about it until last week again. And then suddenly it seemed to really gain a lot of traction. And voila, here we are today. Kent Hughes is the new general manager. It's uh, it's interesting because, as you said, he wasn't one of the 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 more well probably one of the least known names on the on the list um, uh, by 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 hockey fans. He's certainly not unknown in the hockey community. Um, but yeah, all of the the buzz was it started in the first round about Patrick Waugh. And then as the, the list was pared down um, to the finalist, it became more about Danny Briere and, and Matthew Darsh. Uh, and fans were kind of expecting one of those names to, to emerge. Um, and, and it was all the way along, it seemed that uh, the reporting was that Kent Hughes had to be cajoled into mm-hmm. uh, being considered for the position. Um, and, and, you know, that's not such a bad thing, um, to, to, to take a guy who's very content, very happy with, um, and very successful with the kind of work that he's doing and, um, make the case to him why, uh, this would be, uh, a a position that he could do well at. And, and listen, as far as for Canadians fans, uh, of the list that was there and, and, and let's acknowledge that. There was no one on that list with experience as a as a general manager in the NHL. Just the, the Canadians didn't go there no. uh, because of language requirements and so on. Um, but out of the the, the folks on the list, uh, I think Canadians fans should be happy uh, with Kent Hughes. 
uh, given his experience, given his connection with, with Jeff Gordon. And I think we can say that, yes, this was a committee approach, uh, and certainly Jeff Molson would have had his finger on, on the scale, uh, but it looks like, uh, it appears that on this decision, uh, Jeff Gordon got his way, um, probably has the most connection with, with Kent Hughes. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good thing if the two are going to be working so closely together to rebuild the Montreal Canadiens. Absolutely. And a little refreshing to, we, that was one of the first questions that we wondered after Jeff Gordon's initial press conference uh, with Jeff, uh, uh, along with Jeff Molson, was, is Jeff Gordon going to be able to have a voice really in this decision? Um, and and to see that, that obviously he did have a say in this um, is, a, is at least a good indicator. Um, we'll see how the other appointments fall. Keep in mind, we still... Uh, still need someone to head up scouting. Trevor Timmons no longer there, likely going to fill an assistant general manager position. We still don't know who that will be um, and who's going to make those appointments ultimately. Um, but I agree with you, Rick. I think I think Kent Hughes is a very um, measured uh, choice. Uh, that's not to say that Matthew Darsh and Danny Breer um, will not find an executive position whether it's this season or in the near future, uh, you know, Matthew Darsh, uh, I think is going to be looked at by other organizations. It's pretty well known that he's got an interview or had an interview yesterday with, with the Anaheim ducks. Um, and so I, you know, Matthew Darsh is on that path. Danny Breer is on that path as well. We've talked about that extensively. We've talked about it on this show and on the Canadians connection podcast. I had even said, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset. Although I don't think that that Breer is quite ready for an NHL GM position, uh, that I would not be upset with with his appointment if it were ultimately him who was selected because of the extensive experience he's had um, with the Flyers organization and player development, um, heading up the Maine Mariners in the ECHL, helping out uh, with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, very involved there. Uh, so. All of those things, I think Danny Breer is still going to have a um, an opportunity somewhere, sometime soon. I would think that it's going to be in the Flyers organization. I'm going to say this quickly. Allow me to get on a soapbox very quickly. Uh, don't if you are a if you are a resident of Montreal and read Montreal, a lot of Montreal media for sports around the Habs. Don't let anyone tell you or make you think that oh well, Danny Breer and, and this is I read this today. Danny Briere um, really just has a low-level position running the Flyers ECHL affiliate. And so maybe he'll get, uh, you know, like an assistant GM position or something at some point. Uh, allow me to just correct a couple of things. Um, Danny Breer's position in the Philadelphia Flyers organization wouldn't be considered low level by anyone uh, just because he doesn't have an official title in the executive offices. That's where Danny Breer's office, physical office actually is, is in the executive offices at the Wells Fargo Center. Um, He doesn't run the Flyers ECHL affiliate. He is the. Let me get all this straight. He is the president, the governor and the vice president of operations for the ECHL's main Mariner, which is the ECHL affiliate of the Boston Bruins. Um, the Flyers ECHL affiliate is the Reading Royals based in Pennsylvania. Um, 
And the reason that some people get confused because they haven't done enough research before they make reports like that is because Comcast is the company that owns the Flyers. Comcast also owns the main Mariners. So there is an affiliation between the two teams because of their owners, but they are not... A working agreement. Yes, they're not affiliated with each other's organizations. There's kind of like a friendly agreement there. And in, in any case... I just wanted to put that out there because I was like stuff like that just really, really gets my nose out of joint when when I see reporters misrepresenting things because they can't take three minutes to do just the, the min- most minute research. Um, so don't like just speak about things correctly. Um, uh, Danny Breer was sitting at the draft table for the Flyers this summer during the draft. I mean, his input is is valued. Um, so I wish him luck. I wish Matthew Darsh luck. Um Rick, it was kind of, I, I found it interesting that Patrick Waugh felt the need to put out a statement. Today. He did put out a statement. <laughs> yes. Um, he, he wasn't taking media, though. He, he no. Stayed, yeah, no. stayed away from uh, not media. Be media. Yeah. No. But he said, um, I would like to congratulate Kent Hughes on his appointment and wish him every success in the exercise of his duties. I thank the organization for being considered. Um, so... Uh, yeah, Patrick Waugh, um, I think um, it was probably a courtesy. Um, and <laughs> and given that everybody was, was uh, the media fans were raising his name, uh, the Canadians had to interview him. But Patrick Waugh was not uh, one of the top candidates. He wasn't one of the three finalists, um, and for good reason. Um, but I, 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 and, and this is no, uh, slight, you know, Patrick Waugh's place has been cemented in the, the legacy of the Montreal Canadians. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the best players the Canadians ever had, obviously his track record beyond, uh, being a player has not been good and, and would have been a disaster. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's just being fair. Uh, that that there there were other, many other folks on the list that uh, were head and shoulders above him when it comes to the position of um, general manager. Of course, this being Montreal, everyone will always find things to complain about. Uh, Kent Hughes and Jeff Molson um, and Jeff. Gorton are all going to meet with the media on Wednesday. That will be their uh, Kent Hughes' uh, first press appearance. Uh, it will be fascinating to watch how that event unfolds. Um, but before we're even there, I mean, of course, there are those that are complaining because he does. It, it's funny. Back when it was just a, a whole list of candidates, as you correctly said, Rick, who none of whom have NHL GM experience. One of the first complaints now that it's been Kent Hughes selected is, well, how is he qualified? He's he's a player agent. <laughs> well, you could, you could kind of ask that about a lot of different uh, people that were on that list. How are they qualified? Um, also complaining that apparently he's not French enough, even though he's from Quebec. Uh, he's he he speaks French quite fluently. Um, but he's not French enough. Um, I even saw, I even saw somebody on Twitter today say, "Do you think that they'll bring in a, an assistant GM whose last name is more appealing to fans?" 
Yeah, I saw Eric Engels apologizing that uh, his name wasn't, uh, he didn't have the most French name, yeah. it was, is, was the words. Um, and, and certainly there's been a lot of criticism on social media. Um, you know, first it was, he must speak French and, and he does, he's fluently bilingual. Mm -hmm. Well, he must be from Quebec. Well, well he, he was, he grew up in Beaconsfield. Um, but he doesn't have a French name. He's not. And, and, uh, we, we saw a, a, a reporter, um, and, uh, I, I'm, I, I shake my head even reading this. Uh, this is a, this is a Montreal beat reporter, uh, for, uh, for the, the Canadians. He says, I often ask myself the question, is a Quebecer born here who has a name that is not French speaking, um, or who speaks English better than French really to be considered a Quebecer. I'm not sure. Um, and that's really, just really just sad. It's it just, is. it's, it's sad that these kinds of issues are, are raised as far as his qualifications. Um, has, has there ever been a transition, uh, a successful transition from being a player agent to being uh, a general manager in the NHL? Well, Pierre Lacroix kind of answered that <laughs> pretty quickly and easily. Um, and his name is even French. Well, how about Bill Zito? Bill Zito <laughs> is a tremendous uh, talent, uh, doing a great job with the Florida Panthers tr transition from being an agent to, um, uh, and is doing a great job as the general manager of the Florida, Pan Florida Panthers. So, yes, it's possible. Why Why does a, an agent have the kind of qualities that um, make him, can can make him successful um, that is because they know the ins and outs of contracts. They, uh, they know what players want. They know what players need. Uh, they know how contracts work. They know the salary cap inside and out. Uh, they're very good with, uh, they have to be good with negotiations. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and because they're, they're always, uh, involved, uh, as an intermediary with the players, they have a very good, network of contacts and um, in in the hockey world but particularly with NHL teams um, agents speak to uh, general managers in the league all the time uh, that doesn't really happen as much you know that's that's uh, Matthew Darsh wouldn't have that experience um, in his role in player development. He wouldn't be speaking to other general managers on a regular basis as much as a player agent would be. Um, so lots of, lots of, and, and, and we don't know how it's going to um, pan out with Kent Hughes, but as an agent, he has uh, th these kind of qualities that that uh, will work for him. As far as as a talent evaluator, we have no idea how 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 good he is at that. But hopefully, that's the piece that Jeff Gordon can bring. Jeff Gordon is a very good talent evaluator, and he said that he wanted someone who would complement his skills. Mm -hmm. um, and the two. Uh, the, not only are the skills complementary, but the two uh, uh, have worked together. Uh, they know each other very well. Um, they, uh, Jeff Corton ov obviously trusts um, uh, Kent Hughes, so there's a good relationship already established, and that means good things for the Montreal Canadiens rebuild. It does. I, uh, I am... 
cautiously optimistic. Um, I'd like to see what uh, Kent Hughes has to say in his press conference tomorrow. You made a good point in our team chat saying that, you know, you really hope that there's a at least some focus on uh, finding out in this press conference what his philosophy is that he's bringing, because uh, there is a tall task ahead of him and Jeff Gordon, um, and it's not getting any easier game to game to game. That- no, that's absolutely right. Is Let's, the Montreal media, stop with the nonsense about, um, you know, his his qualities as a Quebecer, whether his kids are fluent in, in, in French, all of those silly questions and focus on what is his philosophy? What is his vision um, for the team with Jeff Gordon? Those are the important things that are going to be that, that, that deliver this, this success or not. And that's what we need to find out in Wednesday's press conference. Absolutely. Um, Already rumors flying around about who additional staff might be that might be brought on in the LaCavalier family. There's, if if you want a last name that's going to resonate with uh, folks in Quebec, uh, Vinny LaCavalier, uh, Philippe LaCavalier is Vinny's brother who happens to also work with Kent Hughes at, uh, well, did work with Kent Hughes at uh, Quattrack's agency. Um, so... There's some ties to the Cavier family, um, and uh, we'll see if if any of that comes to fruition. It's interesting that that's been thrown around quite a bit the last week or so. Well, and just to fit all the pieces in, uh, Kent Hughes, when he was at Cortex, was uh, uh, represented when Vinny LeCavier was still in the league, was uh, uh, Vinny LeCavier's uh, rep- uh, player agent. That's right, he was. Uh, and now and was working with his brother Philippe. Other connections, and we'll just mention mm-hmm. uh, that uh, his brother, Kent Hughes' brother, was drafted. Um, his brother, Ryan, drafted by the Quebec Nordique in the second round, 22nd overall in the 1990 NHL entry draft. Um, Kent Hughes has two sons, and it's going to get complicated because one <laughs> of them is Jack Hughes. No, not that Jack not Hughes. That Jack Hughes. <laughs> uh, Jack, it's a uh, Jack Hughes that uh, is currently draft eligible for the 2022 draft, uh, playing at Northeastern. Actually, both his sons, one's 18, one's 21, uh, Jack and Riley play uh, for the the Northeastern uh, Huskies, um, and. Uh, the Canadians have a couple of prospects there, uh, mm-hmm. Jaden Struble and Jordan Harris. Absolutely. Um, it'll be interesting to see where uh, his son, who is draft eligible, goes this summer. Um, I know the Flyers went through that little bit of keeping an eye on things uh, this past summer when uh, Ridley Gregg was was draft eligible and was a was a top uh, top prospect uh, to be looked at in the fly and and he didn't end up uh, with the Flyers uh, he ended up with the Ottawa Senators so just because Ken Hughes' son is draft eligible this, this summer does not necessarily mean Montreal's <clears throat> going to draft him we'll see what happens um, it's all going to be interesting uh, that's that's for sure and uh, the pieces are starting to come together as far as personnel in the front office. Uh, once all of those pieces are in place, then it's time to really start seeing some action. And I think that's what all of us are really salivating for. Let's see what the action plan is going to be. Let's see if if this new chapter is finally going to be the chapter that ends this long drought that is way, 
way, way uh, too long in the taking of, of length of time between Stanley Cup championships. And let's just get back to um, basics and really get this, this organization built up again. Um, in addition, there's, uh, while the NHL hasn't made, at the time of this recording of this podcast, the NHL hasn't made official announcements about this yet, but top sources around the league, like the Elliot Friedman's, the Frank Saravelli's, are saying it's all but imminent. Two pieces of information that could be coming this week. The first is of which the, uh, the, the new and revised NHL schedule announcement is imminent. Uh, it could be out as soon as as soon as Wednesday, if not Wednesday, then it'll it'll likely be sometime this week. Rick, that's a that's a big piece uh, because there's this gaping hole on the calendar in February that suddenly now has to be filled with a lot of games, uh, and so the Habs and and everyone else around the NHL is waiting to see what this new schedule is going to look like. The travel service pe- people on each team <laughs> yeah. are going to be busy in the next couple of weeks um, getting teams from place to place um, in in those uh, those three weeks. But it looks like the, the league, the NHL, Gary Bettman, uh, Bill Daly are, are bulldozing, um, just bulldozing towards the end of the regular season and they're bound and determined that nothing's going to get in their way uh, for the completion of the season on time. Including COVID. Um, You know, we've seen there are still, uh, I think, at least 50 players around the NHL in COVID protocol. Um, You know, it's there's the postponements. The the we saw over Christmas there was Christmas and New Year's there was a severe spike in postponements. Those have started to slow down a bit now, but uh, those same people that we were speaking about, Frank Saravelli, Elliot Friedman, talking about how uh, they are hearing that the NHL after the All Star Game is going to um, change their COVID nineteen testing protocols to not include asymptomatic players, meaning that the only time that COVID tests would potentially be administered would be if a player is symptomatic or whenever a team has to cross the Canada-U.S. border. Um, I don't even know if I want to get into... I'm not going to get on my soapbox about my opinion of this. I it, It's... You saw people on, on, you know, those in the know on Twitter saying, you know, obviously, as Rick just said, the NHL is dead set on hitting that April 28th end of the regular season deadline. Uh, So this means that there could be asymptomatic players uh, who have COVID who could be in the lineup and playing uh, on any given night because they're not going to have been tested because they're asymptomatic. Um, This is going to come after the all-star game when they and their families all go to Las Vegas and allegedly um, they'll be tested to go to Vegas, but unless they have to cross the international border to go home, they won't be tested once they leave Vegas, which I think is just brilliance in a bottle. Um, Rick, it's, so it's, it's, <laughs> and all of this on, on the day that two more players entered the Habs COVID protocol list again. It was, uh, 24 hours, I believe that the, the Canadians had no one on their, their COVID list. Kale Clegg was the last to, to come off the list uh, on Monday. And then uh, on Tuesday, it was jo- uh, Yol Armia and uh, Cole Caulfield. Um, Yol Armia, not his first time on the list. Nope. Um, not, not, not at all. 
which says that, um, you know, even if you have natu- so-called natural immunity, you can get Omicron. Uh, even if you're vaccinated, you can get Omicron. Um, and, and you can get different variants. Um, mm-hmm. So this, this whole issue about not testing, one of the features of Omicron is that uh, many don't, don't have, uh, many are asymptomatic. But in an asymptomatic uh, state, uh, they're still fully, fully able to spread the virus. Fully, they can tran- transmit the virus uh, to teammates, to um, uh, personnel in in the in 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 the on the team, to family, uh, to people in the hotels or or uh, bus drivers or all of that. Uh, so this is. This decision, um, as is the decision not to test uh, for 90 days after um, folks have gotten the, the, the virus, um, goes against medical science. That's, I, I guess that's all I'll say in being critical of the NHL's policy is it, 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 it spits in the face of medical science. All in the name of, but we have to get the regular season done on time, which, who boy, that's a conversation for another day. Um, so, yes, as we mentioned, Yoel Armia and Cole Caulfield on the COVID-19 list. My question, the first question that came to my mind today was, okay, we're going to talk in the next segment about guys from uh, the Taxi Squad and from the, um, from Montreal who have just this week returned to Laval, uh, having been sent back. So if guys in Montreal are just today entering COVID protocol, we and this is we've talked about this throughout this whole season. Um, how many of the guys did were, did did they transmit to any of the guys who just got sent back to Laval? And are those guys now around all of their Laval teammates? And now is Laval going to get stuck in another COVID situation here in another week or so? It remains to be seen. Fingers crossed uh, that that no that it doesn't end up being the case. God willing, but. Um, we just don't know. And that's, that's, I mean, the whole thing is like a crapshoot. It really is. Um, mind boggling, frustrating, uh, but it's where we're at right now. So, so when a player's families, um, like Julie Petrie, uh, like Lizanne Willette, uh, like Angela Price, uh, say that they're concerned and they make decisions for their family, um, because of the way uh, the NHL or teams are handling or provinces are handling uh, the COVID situation, then I, th- I think we need to be a little bit more understanding that they're making decisions that are best for their family, uh, their, their families, mm-hmm. um, and uh, not be so quick to, uh, to, to criticize them. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, The fine folks over at DraftKings have a new special offer for you as we go into the divisional weekend of the NFL playoffs. Uh, And when we come back on the other side of that, uh, we're going to talk about the Laval Rocket and uh, what happened when they got back to game action last week and give you some updates on their rosters. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. 
Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. Now, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And welcome back to episode 240 of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by joined by my co-host, uh, Rick Stevens, here in the studio. And uh, don't forget, if you happen to be uh, a new listener or perhaps you're a longtime listener and you just still haven't gotten around to following us on Twitter, be sure to do so. Um, best places to do that at the AHL Report and at the press zone again that's at the ahl report at the press zone follow there on uh on twitter and on uh facebook as well um make sure you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already if you're uh, an apple podcast listener or a spotify listener you have the ability to rate this podcast we would certainly appreciate it if you just hit that little uh five star rating let folks know, leave a comment even of, of why you love listening to the Press Zone so much. We certainly would appreciate it. Uh, in this segment, we're just going to talk a bit about the Laval Rocket. Rick, they got back to game action after a month's layoff last week. Um, and there was some, there's a little rust to shake off. Uh, they played three games. Uh, they played at home versus Syracuse. Uh, Michael McNiven in net for that one since Caden Primo was called uh, was called up. Uh, they did pull out the win that night. Uh, then they headed on the road for two games. Um, actually, the day after that, McNiven was recalled to the taxi squad. So it was the Kevin Poland show uh, both nights on the road uh, in net. Uh, they did manage to come back and get an overtime win against the Springfield Thunderbirds. Uh, but then the next night in Hartford, uh, shutout actually facing Keith Kincaid at the other end of the ice, and <laughs> when you can't score on Keith K- Kincaid, can't score on Keith Kincaid, who had just returned from uh, from the Rangers taxi squad uh, as well. Uh, Keith Kincaid registering the shutout against uh, the Laval Rocket that night. Um, I, I liked uh, J.F. Um comments 
which essentially, to paraphrase, said that um, we just went to the well once too often. We dug a hole. Uh, the the previous two games, um, um, they they had comebacks, uh, but you can't keep doing that. You can't keep doing that to good teams, digging a hole uh, early in the game and then expecting to come back. That's true. And that, that answer was actually off of, I had asked him about the fact that both of their first periods in both games on the road... Um, and even the Wednesday night game at home, uh, slow start out of the gate uh, in in those games uh, where they were spending way too much time in the defensive zone, uh, goaltenders needing to be very sharp early on, uh, and and even getting down in in goals early on, and so it was just a constant barrage of trying to have to claw back. And and Rick, as as you mentioned, JF will answered that question of mine and said and said yeah we, we it's, there's you can only do do that so many times um you know at some point you have to come out ready to play um so two wins one of them in overtime um out of three games is probably actually way better than most people expected Laval to perform last week given that they had a very depleted lineup it basically looked like I mean, it, it was essentially the Laval AHL contracts and the the other half of the roster was all the Trois-Rivières Lions. Um, it was a very depleted lineup because of injuries, because of call-ups, because of COVID, all of that. Uh, so, Rick, I think, I think them getting two wins out of three was actually pretty commendable. No, I think that's, <laughs> uh, that's absolutely fair. Um, if you would like detailed uh, information on those three games, who scored... Uh, what the stats were looking like. If you want to hear the post-game audio from, uh, we were we were on the call uh, after each one of those games. So we've got um, post-game audio with JF Uhl and some of the players. If you want to check all of that out, head over to ahlreport.com. There is a full, comprehensive, detailed game recap there for each one of those games. Gives you all the information. Uh, and that's why it's a great idea to follow at the AHL Report on Twitter. Not only do you get live in-game updates while the Laval Rocket are playing, but then you'll also get notifications of when our game recaps are published as well. Um, so now, Rick, this week, roster's changing again. Um, there are some... Big names returning to the lineup who weren't there last week, uh, namely guys like Yessi Alonen is back, Rafael Harvey-Pernard is back, Gianni Fairbrother has cleared his quarantine period um, after returning from the the U.S., um, so he has now rejoined as well. Alex Belzeal cleared waivers today, uh, so he will rejoin the roster. Um, so that's... Pretty good, uh, you know, that's that's four names that they need to have back in the lineup. Uh, Brennan Zignac is going to be out for a bit with an upper body injury. It looks like his hand. He left uh, second period of the game in Hartford on Sunday and did not return. Um, but Joel Teasdale and Xavier Ouellette were skating today as extras as well. So it looks like both of those guys could be close to getting back. So mostly pretty good roster news. It is. It's it's good to have those guys back. Uh, the you know eventually the the Canadians will get uh, more healthy and and you'll see guys like Laurent Dauphin coming back and Michael Pozzetta perhaps, um, and all you know that 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 helps the uh, the Laval club. Uh, it's it's the. 
and and uh, Fairbrother and and uh, our RHP, those we've complained, or I've complained. Maybe I'm on a on on my soapbox about this that I've complained. There's not enough uh, prospects in Laval, uh, and so it's nice to have those guys back there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cam ones, Hill is just back too. Cam Hill is tr- absolutely, um, but it's the guys that are kind of on the edge or on the verge uh, that given the the way the Canadian season is going, uh, I'd much rather see them in um, uh, Montreal, given that they showed such promise and that they were ready for, they didn't look out of place at all uh, for NHL action. And, and that would be Jesse Alonen and Lucas Vedemo. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those guys uh, probably deserve more time um, and, and, and have probably done everything that they can at the AHL level. And it's time to give them more experience in the NHL. Well, that's the funny thing. Okay, so Yessi Alonen is now is now back in Laval this week. Lucas Vedemo, we're assuming is is on the taxi squad still. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I were talking about this before we started the show today, and and you brought this up that, um, you know, we've we even talked about this. I want to say last week, perhaps on the show that. Uh, we had a little chuckle at how many of the of the NHL reporters in the Montreal media are suddenly like, wow, Lucas Vedemo is pretty talented. Like, where did this come from? And we're all of us are kind of sitting around saying, well, he's been talented for years, but no one's wanted to give him a chance. And now he's showing you what he can do. Um, and you had mentioned, OK, so so he's been doing great. Why has he disappeared back to the taxi squad all of a sudden? Well, this is this is exactly the difficulty that the Canadians have had uh, in the past, and you know that you talk about oh, it's the drafting. You talk about the development in in the AHL for the Canadians. It's been the NHL head coach in uh, three consecutive coaches who have put up roadblocks to prospects transitioning to the to the NHL, uh, and that's again the situation here. We understand Jeff Gordon. Uh, going out and uh, and and adding some depth, Rem Pitlick was out there. Uh, Adam to to the, to the squad. There, there's no issue there uh, with Jeff Gordon doing that. But um, Dom Descharmes doesn't have to use him. I mean, no. Dom Descharmes. Maybe I understand what he's doing in that um, in that that he he's seeing the writing on the wall. He's not experienced enough to be an NHL coach. He doesn't communicate well enough to be an NHL coach. His systems don't work at the NHL level, so he needs to win every game possible. Um, and so he's putting the guys in the uh, in the lineup for the short term for his personal gain, rather than the guys who need to be uh, have the NHL exposure, like a Vedamo, like a Yelonen. Um, it's, it's unfortunate. So yes, Yelone, or, uh, Vedemo is finding himself on the taxi squad right now. And, and, um, and, and there's Rem Pitlick, um, you know, getting, getting lots of ice time on the, on the second line, um, where he was a nine minute fourth line player in, in, uh, with the wild. He's never played, uh, had this kind of ice time at the NHL level before in his entire career. Um, it's, it's, it's just backwards. And, and again, um, you know, maybe it's, it's Ducharme uh, looking short term, not long term. And, and he has to be guided that way uh, by a general manager, by, by a, a VP of hockey operations. 
Um, or, or maybe it's time just to say, you know, thanks very much, but, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, finish out the season with the assistant coaches we have. <laughs> well, and he's failing at, he's failing at, 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 at both, right? Yeah. Uh, he's failing at, at putting the guys who need the development out on the ice, um, and, and either sending them back to Laval or, or just letting them, you know, flounder around on the taxi squad. And if it's true that he's looking for, as you say, as he's looking for wins to try to salvage his credibility, he's not winning. He's not succeeding there either because they're still losing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, I mean, he's really just not doing anything right. Um, And for Lucas Vedemo, again, so he's not getting the NHL experience, but because they're leaving him on the taxi squad, He's also not getting any playing time in the AHL either. So he's stagnating. He's sitting on the taxi squad stagnating right now when he was doing well in the NHL and he was doing well in the AHL. And now he's sitting around twiddling his thumbs wondering when's the next time I'm going to play hockey and what league is it going to be in? Um, If you wonder why we get consistently frustrated with this organization and their lack of development and why Jeff Gordon came in and said this organization needs to change its development strategy. Um, that these are exact exact examples of why um, it's it's quite frustrating. And we're not saying you know Lucas Fedemo can be an, a versatile, effective player in the bottom six. He isn't going to change the the lineup. He isn't. No. Uh, there's an, uh, a huge offensive potential there, but he's defensively responsible. He can win faceoffs. He uses his size. He goes to the net. Um, and he was doing all that at the NHL level. He can be a penalty killer. Um, and, and those are valuable people that uh, you need on your roster. And um, um, he should be getting that experience right now. Absolutely. He should be. Uh, so we will continue to keep you up to date. Uh, again, follow at the AHL report on on the continuing changes with the Laval roster. Um as far as this coming week, uh, these guys are getting set to uh, take the ice at home in Plus at Plus Bell on Wednesday night, where where they'll host the division leading Utica Comets. I should mention that particularly with the two wins that that Laval put up last week, they are currently in fourth place in their division, uh, right in the middle of the pack, uh, sitting in a playoff position right now. Um, I actually spoke this morning uh, after practice. I spoke to Peter Abandonado and. Um, Jean-Christophe Baudin uh, this morning, and uh, I believe it was Baudin uh, who, when when I was asking about the the roster and so forth, um, you know, talked about the fact that he feels that um, you know they've got a really good roster of people, including the uh, particularly the guys that are coming back to the roster, and that the group uh, is pretty confident that uh, they should be able to make the playoffs and and could perform well in the playoffs. Um, and right now they are sitting in a playoff position, should just mention that. Uh, so they will be hosting the division-leading Utica Comets, who have been a force to be reckoned with this season. Uh, Wednesday night, tomorrow night at Place Bell, there will not be any fans present for that game. That's the second game they will play behind closed doors this season. Uh, and Rick, news coming out just today, uh, there were supposed to be two other games this weekend, Friday, Saturday, a home and home against the Belleville Senators, but announcement coming out today that those two games are already postponed. Um, I'm guessing it's COVID protocols affecting Belleville since Laval is still playing their game against uh, Utica tomorrow night. So tomorrow night's game will be the only game on the schedule for the Laval Rocket this week. So be sure to follow AHL Report to um, to get 
any news on that game. That's right. We'll have live in-game updates. Uh, our uh, our Chris G will be at Plus Bell in the press box. Um, I'll have the the live in-game tweets and the uh, game recap, and Chris will be handling all of the post-game interviews uh, as well. So. Um, Keep an eye out for that. Uh, all right, we're going to take one last commercial break. On the other side, we're just going to bring you some AHL news, uh, which includes Eric Stahl, believe it or not. And we're going to get you caught up on what's coming up here on the AHL Report this week, including a preview of next week's show. We've got two special guests joining us next week that you're not going to want to miss. You're going to want to mark your calendars. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com the Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I am your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. Uh, and we thank you for being here. We thank you for listening. Uh, we know you're already following at the AHL Report and at the Press Zone on Twitter. If you're looking for either one of us on Twitter, you can find Rick at AllHabs. And you can find me at Flyers Rule. Uh, we always welcome you to drop us a comment, uh, shoot us a, a text at 5853Rocket. You can reach us there 24-7. Uh, send us a, a message on Twitter. 
anyway, if you'd like to reach out with a comment, a question, a suggestion, just general conversation about hockey, we would always love to hear from you. Uh, so don't ever shy away from doing that. Um, in this segment uh, around the AHL, just want to make a, a, a mention of, I think, an interesting um tidbit that's come up this week with the NHL pulling out of the Olympics uh, that's opening the door quite widely open uh, for um, player other players who don't play in the NHL uh, looking and hoping to get onto their national hockey teams to represent their countries in, in Beijing. The U.S., of course, has already done that. Uh, hockey Canada has not yet released their roster. Um, and so, Rick, I think it's it's quite interesting to see that um, Eric Stahl has signed, I believe, a PTO uh, with the Iowa Wild in the AHL, and he is uh, suiting up. He's practicing and, and getting himself into condition uh, in the hopes that uh, Hockey Canada is going to come call on his name. Hockey people do what they have to do. Um, and um, I never got the impression after the, the cup run by the Montreal Canadiens, after Eric Stahl had joined, and Eric Stahl played a, a, a significant role with the Canadiens, particularly off the ice with his leadership. Um, ref, he was referenced by many of the players that he was one of those leaders in the Canadiens locker room with Corey Perry, with uh, Carey Price, with Shea Weber. Um, but I never got the impression that he was done hockey. Um, played 21 games in the regular season for the Canadians, 21 playoff games. And this year, I think that uh, because it was so difficult, he talked about being separated from his family for so many months uh, with that long playoff run, uh, that he was looking for just precisely the right situation this year. Um, and it didn't come along, so he didn't sign uh, a contract uh, to start this year. And and for a guy um, who has played almost 1,300 games in the NHL, you know, he, he had the right to be choosy. He had played 17 seasons in the NHL. Um, and and so the, the right situation didn't come along. But then with, uh, you know, the way things turned out with the NHL deciding not to go to the Winter Olympics and they're being um, looking for other uh, players to fill uh, Team Canada's role, um, uh, spots on, on the team that... Um, his name started to be mentioned. So, um, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's signed a PTO. He's with the Iowa wild. He's got three points, two goals and an assist in the three games that he's played. Um, and there he is, uh, a guy from Thunder Bay, Ontario. That's right. Small town guy, small town <laughs> hockey uh, do guy. Do we know anyone else from Thunder Bay, Ontario? <laughs> there he is trying to, uh, get back to a live, uh, to live his Olympic dream. Uh, in a report on on the CBC's website, they mentioned that he, if he were to be chosen, he's a likely candidate to serve as captain for Team Canada. Um, interestingly enough, uh, former Montreal Canadiens head coach Claude Julien will be the head coach of that Canadian Olympic hockey, men's hockey team. Uh, and of course, that's who Eric Stahl played under uh, last uh, last year. Um so he's one. Uh, he's he's a member of the Triple Gold Club, as it's called. He's he's won a Stanley Cup. He's won a World Championship. He's already won a gold Olympic medal. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he's looking to go back to to get to do this one more time before he uh, 
before he played in the game that the Iowa Wild played last week against these Chicago Wolves, he said, quote, the chance to represent Canada at the Olympic Games is something that you can never just look away from. You know, that's pretty special and would be an honor if I get that chance. I still have an edge and desire to compete and battle and play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sounds like the Eric Stahl we know. Um, so he says, hopefully the next little while goes well and maybe I'll get that chance. So um, I just think that's a great story. And it's it's obviously, I mean, someone like Eric Stahl, we talk a lot about how how good the hockey is in the American Hockey League and that a lot of people overlook it because they think it's just it's just the minor leagues or it's just a development league. Um, guys like Eric Stahl aren't going to sign a PTO to help train for the Olympics if the hockey being played in the American Hockey League isn't competitive and isn't pretty high-quality professional hockey. So I think it's a testament to the league, and I think it's probably pretty entertaining for Iowa Wild fans to get someone of Eric Stahl's caliber in the lineup right now, um, and I think it's uh, I think it's exciting for him. Absolutely. Um, want to recommend to you to keep an eye on ahlreport.com this week for our upcoming content features in addition to our game recaps uh maria boabdo will be back with another edition of ahl weekly later today that'll of course have uh information about uh AHL news from all around the league, updated standings, player rankings, uh, your AHL player of the week, uh, and so on and so forth. So be on the lookout from that. for that. Uh, our dear friend Patrick Williams will be back with another edition of his biweekly column called Under Review. Uh, always some great stuff that Patrick digs up in his uh, work around the league uh, each and every day. So be on the lookout for that. That comes out on Wednesdays. Um, and of course, you want to be sure that you're back here with us again next Tuesday because Patrick will be with us uh, for that episode. It's time for uh, another edition of the AHL Hot Stove. We'll have plenty to talk about with Patrick Williams. And we will also be joined by special guest Dan Robertson, the play-by-play voice uh, on TSN 690 of the Montreal Canadiens. Dan's going to join us to talk about the Kent Hughes hiring, Jeff Gordon hired, uh, you know, recently, where the team is at and 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 his thoughts on what needs to happen here in the short term to get things uh, kind of started to turn around. So that's going to be a great interview. You're not going to want to miss that next week. Uh, and with that, Rick, uh, it's another great episode that just seemed to fly by. Another great episode, and there will be another great episode of the Canadians Connection this Saturday, Mm -hmm. uh, and that, I'm sure, will have all kinds of clips and news from uh, the very first press conference um, uh, with Kent Hughes, the new general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. Absolutely, and I will be joining you in the co-hosting chair for that episode. Fabulous. uh, So, yeah, be sure to subscribe to the Canadians Connection as well. Uh, Check out that episode. It's going to come out on Saturday. And uh, otherwise, enjoy the week, stay safe, and we will see you back here on Tuesday for another great episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.